Hi, this is Fostered Hope, and I'm your host, Jordan Huffman. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Kristen Vigneron about her time growing up in the foster care system, and I can't wait for you to all hear about it. So, I was born in Chesterfield, Virginia. I had one full blood sister, which her name is Katie. And then I also had two siblings off of my mom's side, which is Chelsea and Nick, and then two siblings off my dad's side, which is Jessica and Tyler. We grew up there until we I was five and Katie was four. And then during the period, my dad was pretty sick uh, with what we thought was cancer, or my little sister and I thought was cancer, our entire lives. Turns out it was septus. Um, <laughs> so... He ended up passing away, and we ended up moving up to West Virginia because that's where my grandparents lived off my mom's side or my step-grandma and my grandpa. And we were living with them and going to school at Neal. And then um, it just kind of like everything – I don't say everything's a blur, but most of it is we went to school with – we stayed with them for a very long time. And then we moved with my aunt – which is my mom's sister. And during that time we were living there, we moved a couple times with them. My brother, Nick, ended up staying with us for some time. And then after that, we moved in. No, we got taken. That was our first time we got taken from CPS was with them. Okay. So you were with your aunt at the time? I I think that someone had like during the period where it's kind of foggy that we were living with my mom at one point and someone called CPS okay. and was like, it's a bad environment, etc. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you were with your aunt um, and the, when you got taken the first time, how old were you? Do you remember? Were you still five or? Uh, I wasn't five. I was probably um, between the ages of seven or six to six to nine six to nine okay so you said something about that time period being foggy do you remember a lot of details or was it just kind of more traumatic for you at that age that you feel like you might have blocked it all out or honestly I couldn't tell you I think it's just like the more the older I got the more I remembered like I guess the more the more trauma I felt the more I remembered everything so I guess that's why I was more blurry because I was like, then it was okay. Like I wasn't really like in distress. What caused you to be taken from your aunt's home? Personally, I'm not even sure myself. I can remember this distinctly because it was like such a painful memory. They came knocking on her door and my aunt had opened it and they ended up dragging us out of the home and into a car. It was like at that age, they really don't tell you because you're so young. So they kind of just take you out. And I just remember Katie and I crying the entire time, like wondering, you know, like who's taking us from our family type of deal. Right. So was it just you and Katie? Did Were your two other siblings not with you at the time? Um, Katie, it was just Katie and I. Um, Nick, which he was, he was a teenager then, but he was really like in and out of the picture. And Chelsea, our oldest sister, she, she really wasn't in the picture. Okay, gotcha. So you said Katie is your only blood, like your full blood relative, right? Like your full blood sibling. So 
Nick, I'm just trying to remember. So Nick was on your dad's side. Nick and Chelsea were on my mom's side. On your mom's side. Yeah, my mom had married someone before as well as my dad. Okay, gotcha. So then your mom and your dad had you and Katie after Nick and Chelsea had been born because they're older than you. Yes. Okay, gotcha. So I think about it. I think about stuff like that all the time. And I feel like I haven't gotten to properly like sit down and speak with even someone that I know or someone that has like directly been in the system because like my siblings, we fostered and then we adopted them, right? So my sister was five. No, she was four about to turn five when we got her. And then my brother was two. Um, and they had already bounced around a couple homes before coming to us and had almost been separated. And so the older that I've gotten and cause I was like 11 at the time. So the older that I've gotten and, you know, realized how much trauma they went through. And I just wonder, cause my sister, I'm, I know that she can remember things from that time period. I just like wonder how she felt in that moment like you said you don't really know what's happening like you're just confused like you don't understand why you're being taken from your family when you were taken did you go immediately to a home that evening or that day um honestly I can't exactly remember if I I think they took us to our first foster family if I'm remembering correctly because we started Williamstown and well I started Williamstown in like second grade so so you were at Neil when you were with your family and then when you went to your first home you were at Oka Williamson okay yeah how long were you with that foster family um oh this is so I was it's kind of confusing I was with them for I believe a couple years and then we went back to my mom and then back to them again okay gotcha so with CPS being involved and you going back and forth from your family your mother to foster homes as you got older and you went back with your mother, do you know why that environment was not safe or not healthy for you to be in? Yeah. Um, I mean, as far, like at the beginning, you know, they put your parents through or they have to go through so much um, rehab and all that to get you back. They had to prove themselves. Well, at the beginning, she was super healthy, like wasn't on drugs, didn't drink alcohol or There wasn't really arguments in the home, but after a while, it just kind of got worse. And mind you, like, I know this is kind of off topic, but she also got like with a lot of men during that period as well. So that was another problem. Um, And that was like majority of our life in Virginia through West Virginia. And then like at one point when she got us back, she had a husband. So like he's involved in this as well. So it became toxic when the new guy was involved. It was a lot of physical fighting. Um, there are drugs being sold in front of us, drugs being taken, taken in front of us. Um, so much alcohol was consumed. I mean, there was just, she would never really like have bottles spewing everywhere, but you could tell that every single cup of hers that she would have in her hand had straight liquor in it. How old were you when you or if you remember, how old do you think you might have been when you, like, realized what was going on? Honestly, probably a couple months after we were taken the first time, so probably around the age of from seven to nine. And did you... So, here's another thing that I think about, because when we got my now siblings, you know, you don't know how much you can tell them, like how much they're going to comprehend, how much you should share, because what's going to be harmful to them? Like, will they go back with their family? Like, you know, and so I guess when you started 
moving around and going to different foster cares or with different family members, do you remember them telling you anything specifically like about your family or about why this was happening to you? Um, I mean, they sugarcoat everything. Like, honestly, like half of the stuff they tell you, I mean, everything they tell you is true, but it's just told in child form. Um, I mean, they just told us that our parents like or our mom wasn't in good condition to take care of us is how they would would have worded it. Um, I mean, it's just tough. Like, it's really tough to think about because, you know, like I'm on the other side of it. Like I was fortunate enough to have a great family growing up. And then I begged my mom to foster and seeing like what these kids go through and obviously there's like different levels to it but it's still abuse mentally physically um neglect you know and it's just it's so heartbreaking and I don't I just really don't understand it makes me really really sad and I know that like you know with your mom she obviously went through the steps and you know got better and then what was it like when you got taken again from her um, it definitely was heartbreaking. Like it, like you want to be with your real family. Like that's, that's all you want as a kid. You, you don't know why you keep getting taken, but at the end of the day you do. And it's just like this, even to this day, it's always like, what, what could, what could have gone better? Like, what could we have done different? Like you're almost at fault with yourself. Like you're the one who did it at some point when, even though, you know, it's not true, but it's like, to this day, you just always want to be, like, with your real family. I don't know if this was, like, in, in your case, but I feel like I would feel like, what am I not doing enough that they don't want to get better or stay better for me, you know? Like, why am I not enough? That, yeah, that's exactly it. Right. So, reverting back to your sister, what was your relationship like, like, back then and now? She's my everything, basically. She... I raised her from, I mean, the time we were living with our mom until the time we got adopted. Um, it was hard for me to, like, fully understand that we had, like, parents now and, like, I didn't need to take care of her. So, like, she's been my day one. That's that's what we told the system is, like, we cannot be separated. That's and that's what everyone had told them, like, during this whole thing, it's which is very unusual for siblings not to be separated just because of how homing works. But, um... That's just the one thing we stuck with is we had to be together and she's we've been together ever since. I'm so glad. Yeah, I, I remember I was, I think, 12, 11 or 12 when we got the call for my siblings and a couple of days beforehand, um, we had had two other little kids and we only had them for like two or three days, I think. And they got sent back pretty quickly. And, you know, I was so young, I didn't understand. And I didn't really have that many details, like, about their case. And so I was so worried for them and, you know, was like, why why are they being taken so soon? Like, we just got them. And then I think it was, like, the next day we got the call for Kimmy and Nathan. And my mom told the social worker, or I can't remember who calls. I think it's social worker. She told the social worker, like, uh, my daughter is young. Like, we just got two kids sent back. Like, she can't handle, you know, it right now. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to pass. Um, so a month, like, rolls around, and they call again, but they just call for my little brother, Nathan. So after they told my mom his story, she was like, wait, is is this the little boy that had a sister, like, that you called me about a month ago? 
And um, they were like, yeah, it is. Uh, the girl has been being kind of a nightmare and they had been bounced around from a couple houses and it was primarily her fault. So they wanted to split them up to give Nathan a better chance at, you know, finding a home. And my mom was like, you can't like they've already been through so much trauma. Like, just please give them both to us. Like, we'll try and figure it out. And thank thank goodness. Like, really, thank goodness. Like, I can't even imagine how because Nathan was so tiny, you know, so like, I don't know, he wasn't fully developed yet, doesn't remember anything. So I feel like he could have been fine to a point. But Kimmy, you know, like, just like you, she like was essentially raising Nathan looking after him, like that was all that was her life, you know, because she didn't have people in her life to do that for her. And um, so I just really can't imagine. So I'm really, really glad that you guys got to stay together. How many homes did you bounce around before you landed with your adopted family? One. Just one. Okay. Yeah, we went to one twice. So just one before them or one, it was them? No, it was, we went to, we went, so we got homed three times, but both the first two times was to one family. Did, were you close with that family? Did you like feel safe in that home? Um, it was a, it was definitely a day to day kind of thing. At that point in our lives, we really wanted to be with our mom, so it was like we didn't want to be there, obviously. And then other days we wanted to be there because like our friends were there, like that was just like what home was. But then you just have your bad days as well, right? Do you like have any stories or experiences from that that housing that you? can like remember off the top of your head or want to share they had so they had two they had a kid of their own um and then they also had another foster kid which i'm not going to give their names just because just for their privacy they they had a foster kid so we lived technically we had two siblings and then their mom and dad katie and i and their daughter all lived in a room together and then their son lived in a different room um, some of the good things they, I mean, they took us on vacation for like the first time. Like we, we never went on vacation really. So they took us on trips. They let us like experience things, which was cool. The worst things in that house were like, they treated their, like their kids differently than us. Like for Christmas, they would get more presents than us or things like that. And then like, they really prioritized their daughter above all. And you're not allowed, which you should know, that you're not allowed to touch foster kids. Like, you're not allowed to, like, discipline them as in sneaking, hitting. Well, they would do that to us. So that was definitely, like, and experiencing that when you had come from a home of already being physically abused, it was kind of just like, well. And my sister, for sure, got the worst hand of it um, because she she has more I don't I want to say more trauma but she's definitely her her mental basically she has a lot of problems mentally um like ADHD ADD OCD depression anxiety you name it she has it so uh she was definitely the harder child to handle and I just don't think they handled it that well so and I was we were always scared to like when our social worker would come we were always scared to tell them like we didn't want to stay in this home because like that's always the question they ask is like do you feel safe in this house well you're not going to say anything because you don't want to get moved to different people that you're going to be uncomfortable with or a new school or something like I think there was it was an equal good and bad yeah man okay so you got sent to that home sent back with your mother back to that home 
And then how did you get from your first home to now your adopted family? So we went back to our mom the second time, I believe. And during this process, my mom, like, so we stayed with the same judge the entire time. And she had three chances to get us back. And that was the last and final chance that she had. Well, obviously, it didn't go through. She didn't get better. She didn't make her promises. So they sent us to our parents now. And we've kind of just been here ever since. Okay, how old were you when you got sent there? Oh, goodness. I I wasn't even a teenager, I believe. I want to say 12, 12 or 11. 12 or 11. And, like, at that age, you're already so established in your personality most of your, you know, like kind of fundamental fundamental beliefs about like what life is, how your life's going to be. And so when you got there, was it like an immediate connection or did you feel like you wanted to not be there still? At, at this point, it was just kind of old, I would say. Like if I remember correctly, like I was just tired of moving around. I just wanted to be in one place. Um, it's definitely like it, it was comfortable but it was also really scary because it's like a new family new environment all that jazz um but i can like remember the first place they took us was to barbecues in marietta when they got us which is february 1st or the 2nd um so i can remember that right definitely just i feel like just probably very hard to adjust to you know and like you said you were just tired you just wanted it to be over I don't know. It's just, it, it was just all weird. I would say. So, do they have any other kids, or they do? They have one older daughter, or I guess their only child. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's it. That's the only one they have. Okay, that's kind of just like me. So, do you get along with? Do you, Do you consider her like since you were so young? Like, do you consider her your sister? Oh, like as of oh, well, the fr- like beginning when we first moved in. I really didn't just because she wasn't my sister at the time, but like now she's my sister. Like I, when I talk to people, like that's my family. Right. How much older is she than you? Uh, she's 32. So I would say 15, 15 years. Oh, wow. So was she in the house when you guys got there? Did she live there or was she at college or? No, she was in, um, college, uh, in Charleston, actually. She was in her, uh, master's degree. Wow. Well, I guess that's, I guess that would be like an easier adjustment. You don't like in the home itself, I guess, like you didn't have to go in there and then start fighting with another sibling for clothes or like, you know, like parents attention and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you feel about your uh, adoptive parents back then versus now? Um, I mean, then I didn't consider them my parents. I obviously like I called them by their names then, um, and it definitely was scary because Katie and I shared a room for a while as well, just trying to get in the habit of, like, their routine, how they do things, how just all of that once again, and now it's just, like, it's normal. Like, they're my mom and dad. Like, the routine has always stayed the same. I don't know. It's, it's definitely a lot better. Like, they're my parents are my best friends. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome to hear. Do you remember when the shift was? Or, like, was it, like, this big monumentous day when you, like, first started calling them, like, not by their first names? Or did it just, like, happen naturally? It kind of just happened naturally. Like, 
from the beginning, they wanted us, they didn't really care. I should say that. They really didn't care what we called them. They offered from aunt, uncle, just to their names, just, and then to mom and dad. And at first, obviously, didn't want to call them mom and dad. And then it definitely just happened natural. Like, I can't even remember the day I started calling them mom and dad. Right. Yeah. I, I like, have a very brief like split second memory like I feel like I can you know when you can feel like you remember something yeah and like you can see like flashes of it in your brain but you can't specifically remember what what it was like I feel like I remember when my siblings started calling my mom mom and like you know me as their sister but I can't like exactly put my finger on it because like like you said it just like happened pretty pretty naturally like as you like spend every day and you like realize oh, like, I'm not leaving, like, these people, like, love and care about me, then I just feel like it's very, you know, very, a very natural thing to do. So what do you love most about your parents? Oh, what do I? I pretty much love everything about my parents. If it definitely, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be on this earth, honestly. I definitely would not be here. Um, I guess they're always encouraging me to try my best and do my best. And sure, I'll have, like, my bad parts of the day, but they're always going to be there regardless if I make them mad or sad. Like, they're a consistent thing in my life, which I've never really had. So it's just nice to know that I have people to go to when I'm feeling depressed or sad or anything and everything and in, in just above. Um, so it, I guess it's just not having that abandonment part of the whole issue. Just consistency. Like, it's... And, like, kids especially, like, they have to have things that stay constant or their lives are in, like, a just a state of chaos all the time. When did they adopt you? How long after having you and your sister did they adopt you both? Um, I believe in 2015. So I was then 14 years old. That's so crazy. We adopted my siblings in 2015. That's wild. That's crazy. That's so, that's so funny. Cause like you got to them around the time that Kimmy and Nathan came to us and then they got adopted around the same time and your adoptive parents have an older daughter and then I'm the older, like that's crazy. That is, that's super weird. It's super weird. Lots of similarities. Well, we were meant to do this, I guess. We were meant to talk about it. (laughs) So when you were younger and when all of this was happening to you, when you first moved to the school, do you remember... Did people know? Like, did kids know that you were in the system? I I wouldn't say at first, but I've kind of always been an open book about it because that's, I mean, that's my life and that's, like, that's just who, I mean, at first, no, but later down the road and, like, once we started getting older, they definitely, I would definitely tell people that I was adopted and it got um, a lot easier to talk about if I just, like, told them that I was because, like, that, that's what made me into the person I am today is telling my story. I haven't I don't like my siblings are very high strung you know ADHD anxiety my sister has a lot more issues than my brother does um but you know they're they're not normal kids you know like they've been through so much more than the average child at a school and that I know that they'll always be different and I've just like I guess, had trouble coming to terms with, like, I don't ever want kids to, like, be mean to them about things that they can't control, you know? Like, do you ever, do you ever remember any instance where someone, like, bullied you for 
anything surrounding like the foster care system like or your home life or I don't know like clothes you would wear or anything like that to start off this question I guess I would say that you try to make friends as easy as you can like that's just what you want to do like you try to put yourself out there regardless of like how you act and I can remember this one incident where we were or I was in softball and um and and this might just be a memory just because I I was young and wanted to wear what I wanted to wear kind of deal or it could have been like a different incident um but I remember I was like wearing these legging you remember like the leggings that look like pants yeah so I was wearing that and like a t-shirt to softball practice and I remember like getting made fun of the entire time because of what I was wearing and like it was just super hard to make friends and stuff like that and I know that happens to like most kids but I feel like kids in the system or kids with bad home lives like it's just like you can't escape from like anything anywhere you go you know like if it's not one thing it's another and yeah it just I just don't I just don't understand because I know kids are mean but like come on and then you don't really can choose right exactly exactly like especially when you're a child you have no control over that none do you have any relationship with your mother now oh absolutely not okay so when did that did that relationship go away permanently when she lost her rights or during the foster period they allow visitation rights the whole time we got visitation rights obviously and half of the time she would skip out on them like she would not show up and this was as well during with my parents now and my parents at the point were so fed up and seeing us sad because like when we would go back to our moms, um, they said that we would like our attitudes would just completely do a 360. Like we would be a completely different person than what we left. And then as like the years went on, it kind of just died down because like I was adopted. That's that's not my mom. Like she didn't raise me. Um, and but so when you hit 18, you're they're tech- legally allowed to um, get in contact with you. And so, and I'm saying this just because it's a remember, or Jesus Christ, I remember it, my 18th birthday, I mean, the day I turned 18, she had, um, Instagram DM'd me, she had followed me on Instagram somehow, and I accepted it, and she, or, and she had DM'd me, and the only, only how I knew it was hers, because that old family calls me Chris, I don't get called Chris here. I never get called Chris by anyone but them. And that was one incident. And I was in class, had an anxiety attack, like full-blown panic attack in class. My parents had to come pick me up from school, two periods ending, like, of the day. And then another incident is when I came back home from college. Um, and mind you, she's always known where we'd lived some, for some reason. Like, she's always known, like, that. I, I'm not sure how she knows. Like, your adoptive family? Yeah. Like, she just knew where we lived. That's not, that's not, that's not good at all. Yeah. Um, and then, like, one incident when I came back home from college one, one weekend, um, she followed me from my house, which is in Boaz, all the way until Taco Bell in Marietta. And I mean, and you know how, like, in Marietta, there's that light before you go into Marietta, like, once you get over the bridge. I was in the turning lane to go right, and there was a car in the middle lane. They had pulled up 
it was her and her husband. They had pulled up between us just to see if it was me. And I was like full, like even seeing her in person gives me like a full blown panic attack. Um, and I had to call my parents again to come get me because I couldn't drive. Like I was like not okay at all. So no, there's no relation at all with her. Never will be. That is literally terrifying. Like terrifying. I remember having nightmares when the kids were younger that like their parents, cause you know, they had visitation rights and all that. I remember cause I only met their parents a couple of times cause my mom would go drop them off normally. Like I wouldn't really be involved. I just remember having nightmares pretty frequently that they would come and take them or cause we all live in the same town, you know, like we all live in the same area which I think is weird, especially in like traumatic situations or situations where the parents are literally legally not allowed to see their children. Why, why wouldn't we go like a couple towns over, a little farther away? So we're not like right in the same area. I really don't. I, I can't wrap my head around that one. And so you had said your dad passed away when you were young too, right? That was around five or six? That was around five. Five. Okay. So do you think if your dad would have stayed alive, did did his death affect your mother? Is that why she began drinking and doing drugs heavily? Or was she just always like that? Or do you know? I definitely don't think she was like that. Because from the stories my siblings have told me, she was a great mom beforehand. I definitely think that my father's death really, really messed her up and that that I can understand because like that's the love of your life dying right in front of you like I can remember being in the hospital when my dad was dying like watching him die um and like that that still messes me up and I couldn't imagine the love of my life dying right in front of me and like watching him slowly die over the years and like leaving you leaving the kids I mean it's not his fault but like I know and I hear you and I get that but it just like makes me so angry especially because you have children that you made with the love of your life. Like, I get losing your mind. Like, I get it being in a bad way. But how can you not just, like, want to wake up and be like, I need to be here for my child? I just, I don't think if it was me, I couldn't fathom looking myself in the mirror and being like, yeah, life handed me a bad deal. But I... I'm not gonna, you know, do what I need to do for my kids because I'm selfish. Because it didn't, like, stuff like this doesn't have to happen. It doesn't need to happen. And, but I never want to say, like, I hate that this happened to you because there are parts of your story that I hate that happened to you and I wish that would have never happened because the ideal, you know, what we wish is that our families are just awesome and we can stay with them forever. But, you know, you wouldn't be the person that you are today if all of this stuff hadn't happened to you and you wouldn't have met your parents now and have lived the life that you've led up until this point without all of this bad stuff happening to you, even though that's not what we want. Do you think if CPS wouldn't have gotten involved or she would have kept going back through that cycle to get you and your sister back, how different do you think your life would be? Um, well, I definitely wouldn't have experienced college in any aspect of my life. Um, I probably would have dropped out of school at some point to raise my little sister somehow because my mom wasn't doing it and my siblings had a life of their own. Um, so I I probably would have been working as many jobs as I could just to raise her. 
or I wouldn't have been on this earth at all. Well, I'm glad that someone intervened then because now you're here and now it seems to me like you have such a, you know, such a better life with a lot more opportunities. You get to be able to do what you want. So a couple questions to close out. What are your biggest issues with the foster care system itself? Like, do you have anything that you're just like, oh, I don't understand? I think I want kids and families to like come in contact with each other, but I feel like giving them visitation rights at such a young age is a wrong, like a complete wrong decision. And because from my experience, like we did a 360 when we see our mom, like our moods would drastically change. And I do think they, I would love for them to see their parents, but at the end of the day, it's for their happiness. And I think that when they're older and can fully understand the situation that they were in and want their, their parents or parent did, then they can decide if they want to see them or not. But not at that young of age. I don't think they should be given the opportunity. I do. I do actually agree with that. I've not really, I've not really ever thought about that. But I, I do think I definitely agree because when you get taken, but then you're seeing your parent every so often, it's that has to be even more confusing than just being placed in a different home. It's, it's confusing and traumatizing because they your parents, your real parents would make promises that, and the promises wouldn't be kept. And you'd be sitting mm-hmm. there like, what I do wrong today? Why, why didn't they come see me? And you blame yourself and you blame, just keep blaming yourself throughout your entire life. What you could have done differently for them to come see you, because that's all you'd wanted in that minute. Another one I would say is having, so in my situation, when our social worker would come, sure, there was times where you guys were by yourselves in a car, etc. But the most important times when you would like talk about like the family you're with, they would sit down at like a secluded area of the house, at least like I'm saying in my situation, which isn't the most, I would say, proper way to do it because they they can still hear you. Houses echo. So you still like if you really wanted to say something and you're timid like I was, you're not going to say anything. Yeah, you feel like you're you know if you if you if you wanted to be out of that situation it's like why are you asking me here where I can't tell you what I really think because they're gonna hear me in the next room yeah yeah if you personally like if you had the power if you change one thing about the system right now what would that be whether that's the like a legal side or like just like you know anything what would your one thing be that you could change that's actually a really hard question to answer what is one thing I'd change? I guess one thing I would change is they are strict for a reason, but some of the things that they are strict on, I feel like weren't, I don't want to say acceptable, but like looking back on it, like, wow, that's stupid. So like during it, you have to get permission to take the children out of state and stuff like that. Like it's hard for the parents to like plan things and like take you on trips and like let you experience the world besides the world you've already experienced. Right. So I think being less strict in the aspects of letting them live a life that they haven't lived, I would change besides being strict on like how they like see their parents and stuff like that. Right. And I guess I would also like allow them like as a group. So like sometimes they would hold Christmas parties or, just like events for the children but I feel like they should do that more often because you can make better friends that way like you're the same people are like people that are going through the same thing with 
like that you're going through, you can like bond over that and become friends and like help each other out during the hard times of not seeing your family or like getting taken. Like, I just think they should do more group activities. Uh, that's that's that was a really good answer. I see. Maybe I didn't know, or maybe the agency that we went through didn't have stuff like that. But I personally, I'll have to ask my mom. I had never heard about any activities or like, you know, events like that, but I do think that would have been so great for any, any kid that's in the system just to have people that they can relate to like on that level, because you know, their, their adopted families or their foster family, they, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they only know the side of like, oh wow, a new kid's coming in. Like I get a new brother and sister. And there was definitely like, I'm not saying they didn't hold parties because there was like a Christmas party and like one other party that I remember. And like, they'd give you presents and such. But, like, I just think they should hold more and more often. Right. I agree with that. So, now that you have all the opportunities that you do, you have a loving adoptive family, what are you most looking forward to in life, like, going forward, your future? Finding a family of my own and having kids, not to so much make up for what my mom did to me, but to know that I'll be a better mom and be a better wife and just be a better all-around person than she was. And then, like, future, if if my husband wants to do it as well, to maybe foster our own kids one day. Just because, like, going through it myself, like, I don't want any child to, like, experience that. And I want them to get to experience life. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Like, I've talked to my boyfriend. And, like, you know, if we do eventually stay together long-term, like, we'll have our own kids. But I definitely do want to foster as well. Because there are so like thousands like hundreds of thousands of kids in mm-hmm. in this country alone that are in the system and need homes and there's just not enough there's not enough people there isn't people i mean mind you they do make it extremely hard to be a foster parent but the extremely hard part is like worth it because there's so many bad people in this world so like i approve of that but i feel like people who like can't have kids or any of that should definitely consider being a foster parent right i agree and don't you think it's crazy that, like, they do make it, like, it took, like, over a year and some for us to even get, um, what is it, certified or, you know, yeah. Yeah. able to become. And there are still people out there that are certified to be foster parents that are horrible people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just, like, don't understand how they can let that happen. And then let it go on forever, you know? Like, you'll hear stories about those kids blatantly telling social social workers, like, what's going on in the home, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. That's, I feel like that's just the people that are there for their 9-to-5 job that just don't really care. They're just there for the money. Right. Mm-hmm. And technically yeah. the benefits because you work for the state. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I just, I do think that there is a lot that the system can be better at and um, just like with anything in, you know, in the government, anything in this world, every, things could be better, always. I want to thank Kristen so much for speaking with me today and sharing details about her background, time in the system, and her adoption. If you wanted to know what Kristen's up to nowadays, I linked her social media and some information about her in the description down below. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Fostered Hope Podcast and Fostered Hope on Facebook. We'll be back next Monday with another episode. Do something kind for someone this week. See ya!